Canadian universities and colleges are increasingly welcoming students from around the world to study in Canada. We estimate that over the last 10 years, over a million international students have come to study in Canada, and that number is rising. However, research from the Conference Board of Canada found that the path from student to permanent resident is anything but straightforward. Given the potential international students offer to our economy and communities, this seems like an important area for progress to be made. Joining us this episode are two of our experts from our immigration knowledge area. They'll talk to us about key findings from their research from student to migrant. I'm Michael Bassett, and you're listening to Leadership Perspectives, a Conference Board of Canada podcast. International students represent some of the best and brightest from around the world. They come to Canadian post-secondary institutions hoping to get a world-class education, and in many instances an opportunity to continue to build on the connections they make in school to jump into the Canadian labour force. But the ideal isn't always the reality. And Conference Board of Canada Research has highlighted some major gaps in the pathway from international student to Canadian. To help us make sense of the gaps and the ways forward, I'm joined this episode by my colleagues from our immigration knowledge area, Ian Reeve and Catherine Denler. Ian and Catherine, welcome to Leadership Perspectives. Thanks, Michael. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. There's been a lot of talk recently about the labor market challenges we're facing as a country. Increasing immigration is clearly one of the most important paths to addressing these pressures. International students seem like a logical place to focus, but your research highlighted some pretty serious gaps in the system as it is today. What are the biggest issues you identified? One of the things we found is that study is not significantly rewarded in Canada's immigration system. When you listen to policymakers, when you listen to post-secondary institutions, you get the impression that there's a significant value being placed on study in Canada and the potential of international students to contribute not only to their campus environment and to learning on campus, but also as potential future immigrants. But when you look at our immigration system, that's not what you see. In fact, what we found is that international students face significant friction in trying to become permanent residents. Part of that is there's no dedicated federal pathway for international students. They can make use of some of the other pathways that we have for permanent residents, but there's not one designed specifically for international students. The only dedicated pathways that we have in Canada are through provincial nominee programs, but these are pieces of specific provincial nominee programs rather than a single dedicated path. So it's not a large number of pathways to permanent residence through the provincial nominee program called the PNP. What's happening is international students are having to find their own way through the immigration system. They are finishing study and then they're having to look and figure out what is the way that I, after study, could become eligible for permanent residence. And it takes some time to do that. It may take some effort to do that. And what we find is that they're using the full range of immigration programs. Some of them are coming through the provincial nominee program. Some of them are coming through federal programs. Some of them are actually becoming permanent residents on the basis of family sponsorship or as the dependent on somebody else's immigration application. They aren't even becoming permanent residents necessarily because of their qualifications that they received in Canada. What that means is that when they finish study, they're having to navigate this really complicated system. In Canada, we have over 60 different ways to become a permanent resident. Each international student is having to figure out how might I become eligible for permanent residence. Study in Canada helps people to get their foot in the door, 
but it doesn't in and of itself bring someone to become permanent residents. People are having to make connections to either family members or to a particular province or to a particular employer. And it's through these other connections and experiences that they ultimately become eligible for permanent residence. But it's not necessarily clear when they graduate how they're going to do that. What they're having to do is have multiple temporary permits after they've been studying and try to figure out the system and try to place themselves in the system and how they're going to get permanent residence. That sets them up for a lot of stress, a lot of fear, vulnerability, and potentially exploitation by employers. We have massive labor market needs in sectors across the economy and in every part of the country, both in major cities and smaller towns and everything in between. And as Catherine said, we tend to want to place a premium on international students. They've already spent time in Canada. They've maybe already become attached to a community and a place. They have a Canadian credential, which sort of circumvents some of the difficulties that other immigrants may face when they're trying to have foreign credentials recognized. And they're also young. They have a lot of time to get integrated, to attach themselves to the economy and the labor market, and then to have a career trajectory and an earnings trajectory that looks a lot more like people that were born in Canada that have similar skills and experience. The average age of someone who comes to Canada through our standard economic streams is over 30. To attract more people that are in their early 20s soon after graduating from either a bachelor's or some kind of specialized diploma program would be a massive benefit. And it would give us more opportunities to meet the needs across the labor market. The problem, as Catherine was pointing out, is that first of all, a pretty small percentage of international students are transitioning successfully to permanent residency. What's happening in the space in between for those that do ultimately get there is they're having to apply for multiple work visas. It's taking significant amounts of time. It's leaving them vulnerable to a loss of status. It's leaving them vulnerable potentially to insecurity, exploitation, mental health stress, physical health stress. This isn't the smooth transition that we want. Better designed system would allow people to come to Canada to study, to express a desire to stay, to earn an education that matches with opportunities that might exist somewhere in the country or even in the community that they're studying. And then it would provide them with a predictable, obvious pathway that would let them transition very quickly to permanent residency and then into employment. It seems like a really obvious win for the economy. It seems like an obvious win for local employers and for communities, maybe particularly for smaller communities. But it's also very obviously of great benefit to the international students and potential immigrants themselves who increasingly express a desire to stay in Canada and are often using study as a way to open the door to immigrating to Canada. I was just going to pick up on the point that Ian made. We are enrolling increasing numbers of international students, particularly at the college or certificate degree level. What we're hearing is a great percentage of students who are coming to study in Canada are intending study as a way for permanent residence. And that's what raises the concerns, is if there's a large number of students who are investing in Canadian education because they hope that immigration will be in their future, and if those opportunities aren't there, and particularly if they know those opportunities aren't there, that's a concern. Your research found just over 1.3 million students are coming through the system in the last couple of years. Often when we talk about immigration issues, there is that ever-present question that frankly our research has dealt with, but I think it's worth restating around why do we need these international students to come in and deal with our labor market issues? Why can't we just rely on Canadian skills and talent? We've done research in this space and proven why there is that need, but Ian, I'd love if you wouldn't mind just 
talking about our research and why we can't just rely on our Canadian skills and talents. We do need more individuals. These individuals are pretty critical for our growth path as a country. It's a relatively simple question of demographics. We have a population pyramid that is larger at the top than it is at the bottom, and we have a birth rate that is unlikely to change that very quickly. And frankly, we're not in a position as a country to try to drastically encourage or change our birth rate. Any attempts to do that or to incentivize an increase in birth rate in other countries really hasn't been very successful. Countries like Japan that have been closed to immigration but have tried other ways to address their retirement to working age population issues, and they just haven't been successful. Given that we don't have massive growth in our younger population, given that that means that there's a relatively small number of people that are going into post-secondary institutions and that we see post-secondary enrollments, not necessarily always declining, but certainly plateauing, and we don't see any sort of accelerated growth in the number of people going to post-secondary institutions amongst the Canadian-born population. In order to support our aging population, to replace people leaving the labor market and the economy, we simply need immigration. The government's current levels plan will see us welcome a record number of immigrants, getting us up to 500,000 immigrants arriving in the year 2025. International students have always played a role in that and are a piece of that overall puzzle and are a piece of that overall labor market strategy, but they're not a sufficient one in our mind. We feel that they, A, could occupy a significantly bigger piece of that pie to benefit the Canadian labor market and the Canadian economy, but also they're just a fantastic group of potential immigrants who have a strong desire to come to Canada. Your research points to a really convoluted, potentially wasteful system where international students are trying every avenue available to help them find that one path to become a Canadian citizen. Where would you focus efforts on reforming the system to make it better? The problem with the system right now is that it's a system of many different players that are highly invested in the outcomes of the system. And there's a lack of incentive coordination. They're all trying to achieve different things for different reasons. And international students are one of those actors, but they're kind of getting caught in the middle between the actors in Canada here that are trying to achieve their own ends. I'll break that down a little bit. So on the one hand, international students are actually principally selected by the institutions that they go to. Canada doesn't have any caps or guidelines on who can get an international student visa besides basic requirements of sort of health and criminal record check and things of that nature. It's truly the institutions that guide the Canadian government to provide visas to individual applicants. What we've seen over the last decade and accelerating particularly in the years leading up to COVID, and we believe continuing now as institutions starting to welcome international students back into the classroom, we see a massive increase in the number of international students because institutions are trying to drive greater enrollments and because they are worried about increasing costs and plateauing revenues from other sources such as domestic students and their existing degree and other credential programs. International students are one of the only ways that they can drive and increase their revenue. More and more institutions are drastically increasing the number of international students in order to sustain and grow their operations. Given that they can't increase domestic tuition because that's controlled by the provinces, given that there's not a domestic student base that can significantly increase to grow their revenues, this is sort of one of the only levers that institutions have in order to sustain themselves and to grow, and they're using it. And increasingly, as Catherine said, we're seeing colleges use it at drastically high levels. So that's their set of incentives. The federal government generally is interested in facilitating the international study system. They're interested in capturing some very highly skilled international students as immigrants. 
And then the provincial governments are kind of somewhere in the middle where they maybe have a higher degree of interest in getting international students to stay in their provinces, stay in their communities. And they design some smaller programs to enable them to do that. But they're not really interested in decreasing the number of international students or significantly changing the likelihood that those international students are going to be able to transition to permanent residency because to limit the number of international students would increase the pressure for them to increase the funding provincially for post-secondary education. If there isn't that international student base that is going to grow those revenues and the responsibility falls back to the provincial governments to fund post-secondary, they're all feeling very budget crunch, so they don't feel the incentive right now to make that change. Catherine, what did you recommend in your research? What we need is a system that's designed specifically for international students. We have four recommendations to improve the system going forward. The first one really speaks to the coordination piece that Ian was just talking about. We would like to see Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada, known as IRCC, take a greater leadership role, and also to work more cooperatively with provinces and territories to create a more coherent system. We want to make sure that these various actors are talking to one another about what's happening and make sure that the systems line up. We recommend that they develop an international student immigration and settlement strategy. And in particular, we would like to see a more intentional relationship between the number of study permits that are issued to potential future students and the pathways for permanent residence. We want to make sure that if students are coming with the intention of immigrating and if they think they will have an opportunity for immigrating, we want to make sure that they know what they're getting. To that point, I think we need greater transparency in the immigration system. In many ways, our complex system works to our advantage, but for international students who are trying to anticipate the way from point A to point B, the complexity is not helpful. What we would like to see is a purpose-built immigration program for international students so it's easier for them to see when they enroll what the potential outcome is and what they need to do in order to get from international student to permanent resident. We also think that there's a benefit in creating an interactive platform that identifies pathways to permanent residency. This could benefit international students, but quite frankly, it could benefit all temporary immigrants who are in Canada who are hoping to become permanent residents to help them identify which are the pathways that make the most sense for them. Clearer immigration pathways, along with a platform to help them identify what those pathways are, will address this gap in information where students are at risk of being told things about their immigration opportunities that aren't true. Finally, we said that international students need robust settlement service supports earlier in their immigration journey. Canada can benefit more from immigrants when those immigrants are thriving and doing well, and it's important that they're supported in order to do so. The amount of supports and services that are available for international students at colleges and universities really varies. So we need to make sure that the institutions are doing their part and supporting their students. But there's also some distinct roles to play through settlement service provision. For example, settlement service providers do community connections where they make sure that new immigrants get to know their community and feel at home in their communities. And those community connections could be a fantastic driver to help ensure that students who study in rural and smaller communities get connected to the community and ultimately decide to stay there. There's a lot of research out there that shows that international students might feel at home on their campus, but not always in the wider community. And that's a real miss, particularly when we're also trying to encourage immigration outside the traditional locations. What students experience right now is 
looking at the different options for international education around the world, settling on Canada. Often they're choosing Canada on the basis of advice from a recruiter or from recruitment initiatives by Canada itself or by an institution. And we know from various survey data that a lot of the students are making this decision partly to do international education, but partly also to start their pathway towards immigrating to Canada. They're often reassured by recruiters that this is possible, but they don't actually usually have a very clear understanding of what that pathway is going to look like, the number of steps, the number of visas, the number of years and hours of doing applications, and the amount of vulnerability and uncertainty that's going to come with that process. Students arrive, they start their program. In some cases, they're set up well for success for their program. In other instances, because of the pressures institutions are facing, they actually might not be quite prepared for their program yet. They might not have the right level of English and French necessary to be successful. They might not have the supports necessary to quickly integrate and to be ready to study from the day that they're expected to start their studies. Students make it through their credentials. Hopefully, they are successful in their studies and receive a degree or a certificate at the end of it. But then they enter the uncertain world of trying to navigate additional study permits, additional work permits to hopefully one day accrue the number of points or meet the requirements in order to successfully immigrate to Canada. That system is very challenging. It's very stressful. It's very time consuming. What we want is that from the moment that students are making their choice about where they're going to study, they understand what that is going to mean for their potential to immigrate to Canada. They understand that if they complete this credential, it means they can move directly to permanent residency. Or they look at it and they say, sure, this credential may not be quite enough for me to move directly to permanent residency, but if I'm successful and I apply and get another credential, then I will be able to get there. Or if I apply and I find a job right away that's in my field, I'll also very quickly be able to move to permanent residency. Given that so many immigrants see international education as a pathway to immigrating to Canada, they should be able to very clearly see what that pathway looks like when they make their decisions. We want a system that coordinates in that way, a system that allows us to pursue the objectives of pure international study for those students that just want to do that, that just want to come to Canada to study, but can also meet the needs of those that are looking to immigrate. That's to their benefit. It's to our benefit as well. You've laid out a very complicated system that has conflicting incentives between the players. What is the most important thing that you think needs to happen in the next 12 months? We need to make sure that Canada is admitting a number of students that matches the institution's ability to support those students, as well as the ability of students to transition to permanent residence. I would really like to see a greater strategy informing who gets a study permit and how many students get a study permit at each institution. That sets everybody up for better success. I really agree with what Catherine said. There is a lot of logic in just introducing a little bit more intentionality and a little bit more control to the number of international students that are admitted. If we continue to allow the number of international students to grow unchecked, on the one hand, it's going to be harder and harder to bring the expectations and the immigration desires of those students into step with our system. Could be that we grow to such a level of international students that there's just no way that we could allow even a significant percentage of them to transition to permanent residency in the short term. So capping it at that level and trying to design the system to create more predictable pathways is important. But I think even for the institutions, yes, international student revenues have become very, very important to institutions, but it seems like this can't just grow forever. Institutions can't purely rely upon endless growth in the number of international students in order to support their revenue streams. They need to find other ways to become sustainable over the long term. 
introducing some intentionality to the number of international students that are being admitted meets everybody's goals most effectively. From there, understanding the number of international students that we think we're going to be comfortable with allows us to optimize system design in order to meet everybody's goals. So what's next for the research in this space? One of the exciting things about this study is that a lot of the data that we have has not been previously available. What happens with studies like this is you answer a lot of questions. It's very exciting. And it also raises a lot more questions. What we did shows us a national picture in terms of what the opportunities to immigrate are and how people are navigating Canada's very complex immigration system. We do need to acknowledge that there's a great deal of variation, both between provinces and territories, between different levels of study, and there can be variation institution to institution. As we focus on specific provinces or specific levels of study, we can start to get more granular. For example, we could break it down and look at areas of study. We could focus, for example, on STEM professions. We could also start to look at things like how various international students perform in the labor market, how long it's taking international students to go through some of these pathways. There's a lot more we can learn about these questions when we start to focus on specific levels of study or specific provinces. The last thing I'd say on the international student research, this is going to continue to be a fascinating and interesting area of research. Ultimately, we want to move into learning more about student success. There's endless amounts of work to be done there. We have big questions, obviously, going forward as we face significant labor market needs across the country, as immigration levels increase to continue to think about how to get this balance right. We know that our levels are going to be significant and record-breaking, but the design of the individual programs is going to have a lot to bear on the success of the number of people coming in, both in terms of locating them geographically in the country, incentivizing them to move to places where they're going to be most happy and successful and where their impact on the economy is going to be most significant, but also to make a match between the skill needs that we have and the people that are coming so that those people are set up for success and to be happy and connected to work that they want to be doing. Our study of international students and their success is just one part of this larger set of research on how we design our systems effectively and how we transition people effectively into the labor market. We're also looking at temporary workers. They face some of the same struggles that students do, uncertainty of status, the time and effort stress that goes into many subsequent visas. We're talking about people that ultimately are going to stay in Canada for years and years as temporary workers, maybe even eventually managing to transition to permanent residency. The themes are similar. Shouldn't we just simplify that process, reduce the processing burden on the government, reduce the stress and time and cost that immigrants have to bear? If people have skills that we need, we should make it as easy as possible for them to stay as quickly as possible if they want to. There's a whole variety of reasons why the immigration system is critical to Canada's future. There are demographic reasons. We have an aging population. We have communities that are experiencing population change or population decline. There are emerging and amazing stories of immigrants arriving in communities around the country and revitalizing them, allowing them to grow, allowing their businesses, their culture, and just the vibrancy of those communities to grow. It's a massive benefit to places all across the country to welcome immigrants and to expand and to grow and to prosper. In a broader economic sense, we simply need people. We need people to take skilled jobs and jobs all the way around the labor market. We look around Canada and we see an increasingly diverse country, a country that's more connected to other parts of the world. That stands us in good stead as global citizens. 
it serves our position within the broader world really well to have understanding and learning from all around the world. And it makes Canada more vibrant, exciting, and tolerant place. What we should really care about is that immigrants are successful. We want people to view Canada as a place that they can come and realize those dreams and ambitions that they have for coming here. Everything about the country benefits when people are successful, when they're fulfilled, when they're happy, when they're meeting their potential. We want that for people that are born in Canada. We should want it just as much for people who arrive here later in their lives. That creates an overall unity and inequality in Canada that is very, very important to our future and to our success. Catherine and Ian, thank you so much for talking about your research and sharing some of the findings. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you. This was Leadership Perspectives, a Conference Board of Canada podcast. To access the research discussed in this episode, click on the show notes or visit conferenceboard.ca. If you like what you've heard, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing.